Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. We're so excited that you decided to join us for our worship service here this morning. We pray that you will have an amazing and unforgettable experience with us today. We know that you were already greeted by one of our greeters before entering our sanctuary, and we know that you were greeted with a smile by one of our ushers before you took your seat. But if you so happen to have any questions about our service today or any information about our church, feel free to see one of our ushers or come back out to our foyer area with our greeters. And we'll give you the information that you're looking for. Any questions that you have, we'll be able to answer that. We're here to serve you, and we pray that you will have a great experience with us today. My name is Nicola Wyatt, and I am here to give you this month's announcements. Just as a reminder, Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., we have morning connection prayer. Whether you choose to pray for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or even the entire 60 minutes, you can do so. We welcome you. If you would like more information on that, please see one of our ushers or one of our greeters will be able to give you all the information that you need. We also have Wednesday afternoon prayer from 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. right here at 4 Tennis Court. Join us here for our afternoon prayer. We have our weekly discipleship series. This will be on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. taught by one of our amazing ministers. If you want to dive a little deeper into the Word of God, this will be the place for you. If you have questions that you want to ask, perhaps you don't want to ask it while the preaching is going, this is the place for you. Please ask one of our ushers or the greeters for the Zoom link. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m. every Sunday. Between the ages of 2 and up, we have a class for you. Join us. Christmas for Christ Rally, Saturday, December 16th at 2 p.m. here at Christ Center Church. Invite a friend. You won't be disappointed. See you there.
It's that time of year again, our annual Christmas banquet. This banquet will be held on December 22nd, that's a Friday, at 7 p.m. The cost of our banquet is adults 18 and over, $60, teens 12 to 17, $35, and children 5 to 11, $15. This will be held at the Princeton Marriott of Forrestal. If you have any questions or concerns, please see Sister Sylvia. Can you believe 2023 is already coming to a close? This year, our New Year's Eve is on a Sunday. We'll have our regular Sunday morning worship service starting at 10.30 a.m. Then we'll be back here again at 10 p.m. for our New Year's Eve service. Let's bring in the new year together. And following the service, we'll have a midnight breakfast and fellowship. Join us. To kick off the new year, we're having our second annual Overcoming Mental Health Workshop. On Friday, January 5th at 7.30 p.m. and Saturday, January 6th at 10 a.m. Join us as we aim to have important conversation as it relates to mental health. This is an important topic that most times gets overlooked. Bring your notepads and questions. Together, we will overcome. On January 11th through the 13th, 2024, Thursday through Saturday, our North Central Jersey District Youth Department will be hosting their second annual Winter Youth Conference. This year's conference is entitled Limitless. This will take place at Pastor Bueso's Church in Newark, New Jersey. If you have any questions regarding registration, service times, and more, please see Brother or Sister Hasker or any one of our youth leaders. These are announcements. To stay connected with us, follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook or Instagram. Have a blessed day. Church. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Can someone stand to their feet and just put their hands together if you're happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. It's not raining on the inside. You're nice and dry inside here. You got a reason to praise him. He woke you up this morning. Come on, put your hands together if you're happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If he put breath in your body this morning. Hallelujah. We're here to praise and worship the name of Jesus. We are free to praise him. We are free to worship. We are free to lift up our hands. We're free to run and shout. That's not the case everywhere in this world. But we have a free, we have a chance, and we have a reason to praise him. So let's not take that for granted this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord with us. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together? Come on. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is joy in the house of the Lord. There is 
with us here at Christ Center Church. I thank all our online viewers for tuning in with us. And, you know, there are those who are sick in the body. We're going to be praying for those. We're going to touch and agree this morning for those that are sick in the body that are not able to make it into the house of the Lord today. Amen. Does anyone in here have a prayer request? Just by the lifting of your hands. 
And I want us to just look around today to see who is in need of prayer. There may be somebody here who normally is here that you don't see. Let's pray for that person. You know, Brother um, Minister Guthrie was talking about the way we come to God. We can't come to him boisterous. We can't come to him demanding. We can't come to him just feeling like we're entitled. So I want us to humbly go before the Lord this morning. And before that, we have to make sure we repent because we want God to move today. We want not just the rain outside, but we want the Holy Ghost rain in here to pour. We want it to pour, fall on us today. And if you want that, come on, I need y'all to touch and agree with me. Hallelujah. So we know that God is good and that he's amazing. We know that his mercy is everlasting and we know that his truth endures forever. So let's go to God and pray. I don't want to be the one to hear myself pray. I want to hear the voice of the people around me. Let's do this together. Amen. It's not easy just standing here and looking at all the faces. This is, this is, we are one. One accord we're going to go in prayer. One accord we're going to go in worship. Amen. Amen. Spirit of the Most High God. God, we glorify you this morning, Jesus. Mighty God, we thank you for your goodness. Glory to God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. God, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to just be in your presence. Mighty God, someone wasn't able to be here, God, but we push through, Lord God, today to be in your presence today. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse us and wash us, oh God, with your hands of today. Wash us, oh God, by the washing of your word today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you'll purge us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we want you to have your way upon your people, Lord God. Lord, I want you to touch each and every person today, Lord God. I pray, oh God, that you will just let your Shekinah glory fall. Hallelujah, Jesus, I pray, God, that not our will today will be done, but your will will be done today. God, I pray for every sick in the body, Lord Jesus. Mighty God, that you will touch them, Lord God. Father, eradicate any sicknesses, any diseases, anything, oh God that's coming against their body. We claim healing right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for faith to increase, Lord God. We know that you are a God who responds to faith. And by faith, we're claiming healing in the name of Jesus for our brothers and for our sisters. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord God. God, we come before you, Lord Jesus. We come before you, oh glory God. Almighty and wonderful Savior matchless king, deliverer and redeemer. Lord, you have redeemed us with your blood. And God, we come this morning to say thank you. We come this morning to say thank you. We come this morning to say thank you. Thank you for the man of God that you are bringing before us this morning. God, for us to hear the word that you have given unto him, Lord. God, I pray that we will not sit on deaf ears this morning, God, but we will hear what thus saith the Lord. God, I believe you have a word for us. Give us great understanding of your word today. God, we want you to be in control of this service. God, we know that we have a setup, God, but we ask you, we're giving you the authority this morning to take full control 
mighty God of this service today. Bless every person, God. Bless them, oh God, in their goings and their comings, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we, oh God, commend the rest of this service to you in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Come on, let's hallelujah. Let's to put our hands together in the room this morning. Hallelujah, our God is greater, our God is stronger, our God is able to do more than we can ever think or imagine. Hallelujah, let's continue to praise him this morning. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against? And if our God is with us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then
everybody, 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 clap your hands. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Nobody like you, Lord. Nobody like you, Lord. Yeah. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Say, There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's sing it no out, sing it out. There's no God like. 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 There's no God like, there's no God like, there's no God like, there's no God like Jehovah, there's no God like Jehovah, there's no God like, 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 there's no God there's no God like, somebody give him a wave of praise in the room, Nobody like you, Lord. We bless your name. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great. I know he's a great God to sing it out with me. Say how great, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see, and all will see how great, how great, how great is our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo. Can we do that next part? Sing your the name, your the name.
Let's give God a high praise in the house. Come on, I'm excited to be in God's presence. Can I get a glory in the house? Can I get a hallelujah in the house? Hallelujah. How many of you are excited to be here at Christ in the church, worshiping the one and true and living God, which is Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is great. God is great. God is great. I got to ask myself, is this district conference or is general conference? My goodness. I feel fire up in here. I said, I feel fire up in here. (laughs) Can I get somebody to shout hallelujah? God bless the praise team. I feel, man, I don't know what's up in here, Pastor, but it feels, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel God's power. I give his anointing in this place today. And I'm just glad to be a part of this church. I said, I'm glad to be a part of this church. I'm telling you, if you haven't found a church, this is the church you need to be with. We claim you in Jesus' name. Not naming and claiming, but we want your soul to be saved. Because we believe that there's only one God. And his name is Jesus Christ. And you must be baptized. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost to enter into the kingdom of God. And we believe God for your future. Because Christ is our central focus. And he should be to yours. God bless you. Let's put our hands together one more time in God's presence. Hallelujah. Just look at someone next to you and say, I'm glad to have you in church today. Just greet them and say, I'm glad to see you in church today. Man, this is how you start off a month. Because we're going to take it to the new year, God willing. And we give God thanks for being here. You may be seated in God's presence. I'm glad to be here. Of course, a part of the, the people of God. There's no other place I would rather be but to be in God's presence. And I'm so glad to be uh, amongst a number. Uh, millions didn't make it, but I'm the, one of the glads who, I'm one of the ones who did. And I give God thanks for that. We give God thanks for our pastor and his wife. We give God thanks. We can put our hands together for our pastor. Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Can we give, our, give God thanks for our pastor, his wife, and family? For about the, for the last 12 months, I'm telling you, they've been going, and we've been going with them. And I'm praying that God will continue to strengthen us as we keep going for the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. It's a very important saints of God. Please, now, it wasn't mentioned in our group or in our uh, meeting before, but it's very important that you come to church at 1030 or beforehand, 10 o'clock, which is... Well, we have service at 9 o'clock, which is our Sunday school hour, but it's very important that you come before the announcements because the announcements are right above my head, so I don't have to repeat it. So if you come early, you will see all the announcements there. (laughs) So I have one brief announcement, again, to re-utter what was already mentioned by our our Lady Wyatt. Our Christ Center Church will be hosting, that will be on December 31st, our watch night service, our breakfast right after our New Year's service, that's bringing into the New Year. Uh, We are trying to prepare so we can need a head count from each and every person who will be there. So please see our Minister Cook, our Sister Cook, Lady Wyatt. Please meet them. At least give a head count of who will be present on that evening, on that night. So we're going to bring into the new year with the presence of God. Because we got a lot to do for 2024. But also we're going to fellowship. So we need your participation that you will come and worship the Lord with us. Again, it is 10 p.m., the service, 
at Watch Night Service, which will be December 31st. Who, how many are you looking forward to, to Watch Night Service? I said, how many are you looking forward to Watch Night Service? So I indicate by those who are present, we'll be there. So God bless you. It is time for offering. Let's put your hands together. It's time for offering. Hallelujah. There's nothing wrong about giving to what God is doing. This is good ground to sow in. I'm telling you, I'm going to repeat again. This is good ground to sow in. Please stand right now as we will conduct our giving, our offering. Those who are um, needing an envelope for our tithing and, and, and offering and those who want to give. Uh, additionally, please see our ushers. They're serving our strong, our wonderful ushers that are serving right now. We want you to know that they're here for you and that we will yet accommodate every situation. All right? Can I see some smiling faces? Can I see some smiling faces? Please. Smiling faces. I know it's ugly out there, but it's here. Here. We are here to enjoy. We see each other for another week. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We give you praise for another moment, another time that you have blessed us to be here. We praise you because you have allowed us to give and we pray that God you will continue to bless those who are giving and I pray that continue that in this season in this time of giving time of reflection we pray that we continue to remember what you did at Calvary when you came into likeness of sinful flesh and that you came to save a people that were lost you came as through the Virgin Mary we thank God for your conception we thank God for you coming and you deciding yet to come, not only for the purpose, but the purpose to save us. And we give you thanks. Let us remember what you've done for us. And we give to your kingdom. And we all will say in Jesus' name, amen. Please follow the ushers. They'll be leading you as accordingly from the front to the back. And remember our kiosk station in the back. Those who want to live electronically, they're in the back. God bless you all. pastor, uh, wanted to start a church, um, was recommended to come to the Fairfield, Buffalo area, and when we drove to the area to scope it out, uh, we both just started crying, just feeling a need, uh, feeling uh, just a sense that there was no 
voice here for the people. And so we knew. We knew immediately that uh, this would be the area to start a church in. The greatest challenge to starting a church um, from the get-go was just getting new converts. Um, we were driving back and forth, um, really had trouble just even making friends uh, in the new area. And then finally was able to make a, a new convert, uh, Sister Camelia, uh, met her. I was actually raised Pentecostal. Uh, my mom was in church when she was a teenager. So I was just, I was born into this already. And I went for a while, but I just, in high school, I found the wrong crowd. I remember her mother in Palestine. She was telling us, she heard about us starting a church and her mom came to us asking us, can you please reach out uh, to my daughter? They came and found me at my job. I was a little embarrassed. <laughs> she, you know, was kind of scared, like, who are these people that are, you know, searching for me, asking for me? But they invited me to church and I finally, I finally had the courage to walk through those doors again. It actually felt like I was home. She had no idea that it was a mother's prayer for her daughter to be in the church. And we were just lucky enough to be the ones that uh, got to win her. They've really been my rock and the shoulder to cry on. And through her, we've won her wonderful husband, uh, Jeremy, and they're just a tremendous couple. Some of the greatest challenges of starting a church, uh, pressure to succeed, loneliness, and then obviously the finances. The Christmas for Christ funds really helped us make it through. Uh, I don't know how we would have made it without them. Uh, being able to work part-time, uh, being able to work on the church, having the funds to remodel. I remember he sent something in the mail. He was like, man, y'all pray. Uh, we get this grant, we're going to finally be able to remodel. I mean, time went by, and I kind of forgot about it a little bit. And remember he said, he walked in, he was like, we got it. And I was like, what did we get? Another bill? <laughs> and so having the funds in the bank to be able to remodel and the people being able to see progress, you know, there is money going into the church. It is improving. And you always want to, you know, um, be appealing to guests. You know, the most appealing whenever we first came in. But because of Christmas for Christ, now we have a beautiful building. You know, when we did this, we wanted it to be something that when people came in, they would say, this is where I can see myself getting married. You know, this is where I can see myself worshiping. And it was just the most amazing thing to know that because of your giving, you know, because you've given to Christmas for Christ, you're a part of Buffalo. The Great Commission is to go and to teach and to preach. But when you're given the resources, it becomes the great opportunity. And that's what Christmas for Christ did for us.
Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. Thank you for giving to Christmas for Christ. time of the year already. Can you believe it's December the 3rd? December the 3rd. The first Sunday in December and we're heading toward the closing of one more year. Felt like it was just last year and a half that we had this thing called COVID that came about. And we're going on four years since COVID had come around. But God is still God, and God is still on the throne doing great and mighty works. You know, oftentimes we come inside the church, and we never give thought to how it ever came to be. We just come in. Music sounds great. By the way, music here, praise and worship, tremendous, top notch, top notch. I'm with you, Brother Guthrie. Felt like I was at a conference. They were singing so good. But we come in and we just enjoy the atmosphere and things are just good and we just fall in line. Many of us give our life to the Lord and we just keep going. But we don't know how it came about, that it really took money. You know, for so long, we always are, we get uncomfortable talking about money in the church. But we don't get uncomfortable talking about money anyplace else. That's a travesty. Because I don't know how we think a church come about. If we were still in some third world country where we were having churches under trees, that's different. Tents. But even ten people got to build it. So I, trees are the only thing you can have a church under that you don't have to pay. And so church just don't come about because it just come about. God touches the heart of people. They go and preach his word. And he provide where they would preach his word. But it takes the support, financial support of people for that church to be established and for that church to continue to grow. And because it's about God reaching the world, he doesn't look at it a lot of times like we look at it. We look at it as, you know, my money that I'm giving, I mean, you know, my precious dollar. And God is saying, I know, but I gave you the health and strength for you to earn that money. And I can give you a whole lot more than what you have right now if you will sow and invest into my kingdom. And so don't be afraid to talk about money in the church. The good news is we never, as you know about in this church, if you've been around any amount of time, that you can't say since you've been coming to this church that this pastor do uh, ungodly things with your money. All that you've ever given since this church has been uh, started has gone for the work of the kingdom, the reaching of loss, the edifying of the body of Christ. That's all it's gone to. It's never gone to anything else. I tease you all the time. It says many churches have had a building program for 20 years. You know about it, Brother Drexel? They said, we have, they said we're going to build. Uh, never build. But they still take a building fund. Okay. All right. I'm not trying to talk about anybody. I'm just showing you that we have done right by you. So whenever I come before you to tell you about something about money, I don't want you to clam up and get all uncomfortable. Trust me. 
The reason why we're here is because we're blessed. And we're blessed because we gave. The currency, how to be blessed in this world, is to invest in the stock market, go and work a job, start a business, whatever it is. The currency to be blessed in the kingdom of God is invest into what he's doing. And so when you invest into what God is doing, God will always bless you. And so it is our tradition. (laughs) I'm using that term specifically so you'll know. It is our tradition that every year around this time in December, we make a commitment to give toward churches that will be planted or churches that have been planted but are struggling. And so I believe that we were able to accomplish what we accomplished in eight years because we gave to other churches that needed. And we've done that ever since we started. When we were in 2015, um, we received Christmas for Christ allocation. They gave us $800 a month for three years. And we thank God for that. But we always gave to Christmas to Christ, and I believe God opened the door for us. And here we are again. And um, God is not through with us, church. He's got great things to do. And it's going to take some labor, and it's going to take some finances. But God wants to save the world, whosoever will. And so what we normally do for Christmas to Christ is we have the envelopes here out front. And we want you to come up. I'm going to ask you to come up in a second. We want the kids and children and young people to come. Nobody is exempt because there's different amounts on these envelopes that you can look and say, okay, I think I can give that much. And so we want everybody to participate. Teach your children, teach your young people to give. So, Kyler, you don't have to check with your mom and dad. Just bring the crew up when you come in and get your envelope. You too, um, Jordan Monroe. You too, Jade. All of you, all the children, I want you all to come too and get your envelope. I want you to learn about investing in the kingdom of God at a young age. So when you get older, it's not a big deal. And you will see how blessed your life will be financially. And so we're going to have you to come. Um, Our offering date is January, Sunday, January the 7th. So when you get your envelope, you can bring it back anytime with the offering. But the deadline to get it all in is January the 7th. So we want you to remember that. In actuality, Christmas for Christ was started this way. Um, What we said at UPCI is we want you to give your best gift to Christ. And so what that means is all of you, well, many of you will be given Christmas gifts. Um, some people say, I don't celebrate Christmas because they don't, they don't want to give no gifts, but it's okay. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want with your life. It's your life. But for those who will be given Christmas gifts, uh, the, 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 the concept here is that you try to give Jesus your best gift. So as much as you will give this to your children, this to your loved ones, Financially, will you give Jesus just a little bit more than what you're giving to everybody else? Because that will tell you how much he means to you compared to everyone else. And so that's the thought behind Christmas for Christ. We get the offering in and we send it out to um, UPCI headquarters and they allocate the money from all over the country, Canada and U.S. We bring all the monies together. We allocate to all the churches that are getting started or just got started. And we support them through that way of giving. So I would like for all of you to participate this morning 
And so if you will stand with me, and some of you know what to do, and come up and you will see all different numbers here. All different numbers. And I'm going to pray before you come. Sister Vanessa, you're ready, huh? I'm going to pray before you come. I like, I like that. Because I don't want you, because sometimes we get thrown off by numbers. But I want God, God might tell you something crazy. And you might say, man, I can't afford that. But if we prayed and it comes into your mind, that's how you know it's God. Father, will you touch our minds and our heart? We want to give because we want to see the kingdom of God expanded. Hear me, somebody. We have relatives and children and loved ones that are unsaved. You just saw the testimony of the little girl that was raised in church, backslid in high school, gone away from home, but because the church got started in her area, they were able to reach out to her and she got reconciled back to God. God can do that for all of us that have loved ones and children and family members that are away from him. If we will just give in faith this morning, we will see our family saved. Father, touch our hearts that we will give, not according to our ability, but by faith that we will give. Touch us now in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on down. I've got my envelope. I pulled my envelope already, so I I was the first partaker. Come on, J.D. and Kyla and Jordan Monroe. Let's go. Come on, children. And adults, don't take the children's envelope. i got to say that. Do not take the children's envelope. Please don't do that. Let the children take something that they can afford. Come on, Sadie and Gracie. Y'all come on, get y'all a little envelope. And I'm telling the children, all the children, if you can't hustle up the money, come and see me and I'll help you get to the point. You can't hustle up the money, let me know. I'll help y'all out. Not you, Jordan, because you can hustle your own money. Christmas for Christ envelope. Amen. Amen. God is good. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. You've been so good to us. That's right, baby. Get yours. You can pick up more than one if you want. Hey, I'm, Lord, not going to tell you don't give more than one. What he says, if you if, if if you don't give grudgingly, hey, you can pick up more than one. Some people pick up for their relatives and take it back to their relatives. Hey, help us out with this. You can do that as well. Give a relative an envelope and tell them it's due a week before they give it back, before it's really due, so they don't hold on to it. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. I really appreciate you. We are blessed, and we are a blessed people, because we have been a blessing. The Lord told Abraham that I will bless them that bless you, and you will be a blessing. It's okay. You'll get the money by the time. January 7th. By faith, J.D. J.D. told me she broke. I'm broke. January 7th, J.D., you'll get some money 
You'll get some money. Somebody give you some Christmas money. While you're doing that, let me mention one quick thing to you. I don't know if all of you, if you remember, we had what we call an orientation for members in ministry. We did it on Zoom. And so many of you went through our orientation class. And if you did go through the orientation, you need to get a booklet that covered all of what we kind of overall, we did the high level stuff. And so if you were part of it, we want to give you the booklet that will go into detail so you can go into it much more deeper. And then once you get one of these, you need the acknowledgement card that you need to sign to say you did get one. And you do understand what's in the manual, and you're good with it. And so the booklet you can pick up from your ministry leader if you have not received one, if you went through the orientation. If you haven't gone through the orientation, you need to go through orientation in order to get a book and also sign off on it. So these forms for you that have the book already but haven't uh, been able to sign off on it, that you received it, these Acknowledgement uh, forms are uh, paper here. They're at the um, desk at the foyer. And so you can get that, sign it, and return it to your ministry leader. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Well, we'll have one more song and then we'll bring the word. Sing, Sister Christine. If we can all just stand to our feet one last time. Hallelujah.
church. If you will just lift your hands and just say, God, here I am. Will you touch me, Lord? Will you touch me, Lord? I need your touch. I need your touch. Lord, I know that if I don't get a touch from you, if you don't get involved with me, I have no hope. I have no hope. Oh, God, will you touch me right now in the name of Jesus? Lord, will you touch us individually, collectively? Will you touch us? Will you touch us? Will you move upon us? Will you touch us, Almighty God? Oh, Lord, will you touch us in the name of Jesus? Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. It's nothing that we have done, church. We don't deserve what he do for us. But he does it anyhow. And all we can do is just be grateful. Be thankful. Give him the praise. Give him the worship that he deserves. Because what he does for us, we do not deserve. The amount of chances that he has given us. We don't deserve But we thank God this morning. And I thank you, church, for being the kind of church 
that you are. Appreciate our young people, our young adults. They had a great meeting Friday. Continue to keep them in prayer that they will grow and God will do great things in their life. Our young adults need to really understand the potential that is in them and that they will let God do what he wants to do through them. We thank God for them. Don't forget, right after church today, uh, the Haskers, our youth leaders, would like to meet with all the parents of the children and young people that will be going to the district uh, winter youth conference. Just want to get some things um, established, get a plan tightened up so we can know how we will handle our travels to Newark for the midwinter youth event. So please, right after service and the nursery, hopefully you all can fit. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have, we've got great sign-up for the banquet. I think we're at 82. That's great. Thank God for that. Our New Year's Eve uh, watch night service just so you are not confused, there will be two services that day. One, our normal Sunday service because New Year's Eve is on a Sunday. So we will be here normal. Everything is still the same as we do every Sunday morning. But then we will come back at 10 p.m. Our leaders will come at 9.30. We'll saturate this place with prayer. And um, we will have a great time in the Lord. We're going to do communion. So start getting your heart right for communion on New Year's Eve night, and so we're going to do communion, and then after we're done at midnight, we're going to go next door, and there will be some great breakfast cooked up for you, and you can hang out as long as you want, as long as you want. You just need to lock up. Just press away. Well, actually, we just lock the door, you go out to the side, and so we're good. Um, but see, Brother Calvin Cook, Minister Calvin Cook, he's a licensed minister, so let me make sure you know, see Brother Calvin Cook. Uh, he is organizing. He's got his wife rolling with him, Sister Wyatt rolling with him, got some other people rolling with him, but they're the breakfast crew for that night, and so they're going to make sure the breakfast is good. But we need to get a count so we know how many people will be here, so we know how much stuff to buy, so we can cook as much for everybody. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse 37, the, the word of the Lord says, And no man put it new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine, straightway desire new. For he said, the old is better. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you just for a moment today on this topic. Making room for the new. Making room for the new. No need to wait till January 1. As you know, we have our own tradition of making resolutions and commitments of what we will do 
for the coming year, the next year, and so we say we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But I want to tell you, before you can do all of that, you have to make room for that. A lot of times we try to add on something new to what is already going on, something old, so to speak, and it just doesn't work because you have to make room for new. Remember the mantra, out with the old, in with the new. People will be saying that uh, the 31st of December. The interesting thing about that, though, is we are seldom out with the old. We tend to stay with the old. And we never go out with the old. And we're very reluctant to embrace or step into the new. We say a lot of things, but we don't always do what we say. Mm -hmm. There are some things, though, that we should never abandon. And even though they've been around a long time and would be considered old, we don't do away with those things. And as the church, we will never abandon things like the foundational truth of faith. Faith. We don't abandon having faith because the Bible says without it, it's impossible to please the Lord. We don't abandon the foundational truth that Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. We don't do away with that, and that's been around a long time. The new birth of being born again of the water and of the spirit. We don't do away with that. Living a holy and righteous lifestyle, we don't do away with that. Those things, they stay. We must not be out with those things. They must remain. The Bible says we buy the truth, but we don't sell it. You don't get rid of truth. And sometimes that's what's killing us is we're giving up truth. For what feels good. Truth don't always feel good. But truth will always be good. Mm -hmm. So we buy the truth. We don't sell it. We don't give up truth. We accumulate many things. Understanding that they will have. A short shelf life. We do. But unfortunately. To our own hurt. We cling to expired. Experiences and insight like they were supposed to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. We cannot receive the new because we refuse to turn loose the old. Mm -hmm. This full, unrestrained Christian life in Jesus Christ is likened unto new wine. What did Jesus say was the war between the new wine and the old wine. The old wine wants to remain as is. The new wine wants to expand and exert its potential. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. We cling to yesterday's experience not realizing that it was 
just a broken cistern. It was, it was good for the time, but now it's no good. It's broken. God longs to bring us to an everlasting fountain, a well springing up into everlasting life. In John chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so some of the old ways have been broken, but we're still hoping to get the well to spring when it's really just a broken cistern. When Israel entered Canaan's land, the manor stopped. Imagine that. An entire generation had been raised on the consistency of fresh manner in the morning. But God knew that if he didn't stop what was only meant to be temporal, then his people would not enjoy the abiding blessings of the promised land. And so a lot of times, God is doing things in our life, but it's not permanent. God is working some things in our life that is not permanent, and because we got some good out of it, we tend to want to hold on to it as is it's permanent. But if God don't stop one thing, he won't start another thing. So he has to stop some things. He got to cause the brook to dry up so he can get you to leave that thing so you can go to the next thing. I'm talking to somebody this morning. God is trying to get you to go to the next thing, but you've been clinging to that thing that he tells you now it's time to let go of it. But because it was good to you, you feel like, oh, God, but I got to still hold on. But God wanted me to tell you it was him that made it good. It just wasn't the thing that was good. It was God that made it good. So we can't cling to things that gave us good experiences because God was the one that allowed that thing to give us a good experience. (laughs) Yes, until the old is turned loose, the new cannot be enjoyed. Sometimes just thoughts. Just thoughts of the old, whether good or bad, they hold us captive. And God is trying to show us something, and we can't turn to see it because we're so captive with the old, the thoughts of the old, whether it's hurt or whether it's pain or whether it's some good times that we experience. We're, we're so bound to it that God is trying to get us to look someplace else so he can show us something new, but we, we won't turn because we're still captivated by that old thing, that old experience, that old thought, that old hurt that, that you experience. You, you're so bound by it that you won't look the other way. And God is trying to get you to look the other way. Oh, my God. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my spirit that some of us are bound by old relationships. We're bound by old experiences of what people have done to us. And so because of it, God is trying to move us forward. And every time God comes to tell you, you got to move forward, you say in your mind, but... 
but I was so hurt by this, but I was so disappointed by this, but that thing just, just, just hurt me so much. And we complain and complain in our mind. And even when we seem like uh, we're doing all right, we're not doing all right because the bottom line is we're stuck. And we're only stuck because we're holding on to the past. It's not because God doesn't love you. Some of us get it twisted and think God doesn't love us. Some of us get it twisted and think, well, God ain't working for me. How is he going to work when he wants you to let go of what you have now? Because you can't hold two things at the same time, right? So let go of that so he can give you something new to hold on to. But if you're not letting it go, how does he give you something else? So you stay stuck with the old and you're looking and you're blaming God for not doing what he's supposed to do. But... It's not God. It's you holding on to something that God is saying you need to turn loose. Uh Uh-huh. I'm talking to somebody. Who is God asking to step away from an experience yesterday and embrace something new that God has for you today? As a matter of fact, God has shown you just a glimpse of, even since the service has started, what he can do if you would just let him. If we would just let God, he will show us what he can do. But as long as we are holding on to our own stuff or our past experiences, even the ones that were good, that God even did, as long as we're holding on to those, it's going to be difficult for God to give us anything new. The Pharisees were so tied in with the old that they couldn't move with what the Lord Jesus Christ was doing. They were so blinded by their paradigms and traditions that they couldn't see God at work. Church, can I tell you, God is working. Whether you believe it or not, whether you can see him working or not, God is working. And God wants to work in you and through you and for you, but you got to be ready to let go of some things so he can give you what he wants to give you. We can learn from the occurrence of the brazen serpent God used to heal the children of Israel in the wilderness. Watch this. Moses had a word from God. He did. Numbers, chapter 21, verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. God gave Moses a word. Moses did what God told him was to do. Indeed, every one bitten by a fiery viper who looked on the brass serpent, lived, just like God said. Watch this, though. But after the crisis was over, the serpent of brass stayed with the caravan. They packed that serpent of brass away as a good luck charm, people of God. 
that serpent of brass, they said, man, this is the thing that when we looked on it, we got healed. So let's just take that thing with us because you never know, we might need it again. They carried it as a good luck charm into the promised land. 700 years later, Israel could not experience revival that they needed. (laughs) Why couldn't they experience revival? What prevented them from revival? (laughs) One of the things was that they had grown to worship the brazen serpent. They carried it with them and kept saying, this is what God used when we got bit by the, 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 the vipers and, we, and we, we got bit. When we look upon that thing, we got healed. And so often, church, we look on what God has done and give that worship and praise as opposed to giving God the worship and the praise. Oftentimes, we are given the work that God has performed, the praise, the work, the, 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 the system that he used, the, whatever he used to bring us through, we give that great reverence and for God. No, no, no. It was God that did it. It wasn't that thing. That brazen serpent was nothing. But God can use anything and make it do something for, him, for his glory. And so this brass went everywhere with them. They treated it almost like a god. Could it be that our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ has become like a clinging piece of brass, like the children of Israel made that brass serpent like a god to them? Are we walking around with yesterday's anointing? I had to challenge myself when I read this. Am I walking around with yesterday's anointing? And I cried out to God and said, God, come on, please, don't, don't let me walk around with yesterday's anointing. Are we walking around with a word from back in the day that it was good and it's still good, but God wants to give you a new word today? But you can't hear no other word because you're holding on to that word that God gave you not a few years ago. Are you walking around with yesterday's experience because it was so good that you want to savor it? Or will you look to God today to give you a new experience? Yesterday's dream that God said, I want to give you a new dream. But are you still clinging to that? Never realizing God has something new for you today. In Mark chapter 7, verse number 7, it says, How be it, this is, this, is, this is a good word here, How be it, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I'm going to tell you something that's real, and I can't get any realer than this to you. I, I, I'm a people watcher. I'm a people studier. I, I, got, a, I got a doctrine in people. And what I've realized, because I know my personality, what I've realized is we respond better as people to strict laws that people want us to follow than we do lovingly given a choice to do right. 
we will allow laws to force us. We'll, we'll rather listen to what man come up with to, to force us. Can I, can I just be blunt and say it this way? Back in the day, the pastors used to tell y'all all kind of stuff. Some, some of y'all that was back in the day, and y'all did them and was happy to do it. Today, the pastor teach y'all the word, and y'all just be like, okay. Because we seem to love bondage more than we love liberty. We seem to love to be strong-armed and forced to do things more than to be given free will to choose. It looked like that's what we, we like. We like for people to tell us and be in our face. And if it's not telling you and in your face, you ain't doing it. Unfortunately, Jesus Christ is not like that. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And in order to have that kind of life, he gives you choice. But a lot of us can't handle choice. A lot of us want people to tell us what to do so we can do it. And if nobody tells us what to do, we don't know what to do. And so we suffer and we struggle because we seem to want to obey the commandments of man than the word of God, the commandments of God. You've heard me say it, and I will continue to say it. I will never come up here and preach my word because my word is not more important than God's word. And if I'm preaching God's word and you're not listening to God's word, there's nothing else I can give you. I don't have anything else. I cannot give you anything else other than God's word because that's what changes. That's what transforms. That's what gives you liberty. That's what saves you. Not my, you know, way of talking. No, sir. No, ma'am. Verse 8 say, for laying aside the commandments of God, ye held or hold the tradition of man. As washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. Scripture telling us we like to come up with our own traditions and those become more important to us than the word of God. The tradition of people becomes more important to us than the word of God. And we have to examine ourselves and say, oh, is this me, Lord? Is this how I am, Lord, that I am more, I'm give, I give more respect and reverence to the tradition and commandments of man than I do the word of God? And he said unto them, full, well, ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. Let me mess with you a little bit. This was tradition right here. This wasn't the word of God. Getting the envelopes, tradition. You want to know what's the word of God? Let your yay be yay. And your nay be nay. That's the word of God. So you participate in tradition. Now it's between you and God. Are you going to let your yay be yay? If you picked up an envelope of $22, are you going to be a yay or nay? Picked up an envelope of $500, I'm trembling in my shoes because I don't know how I'm going to get that by, by January 7th. But am I going to let my yay be yay? Because this is tradition. Saying what I'm going to do and don't do it, that's going against the word of God. That's what I'm talking about. 
But I appreciate how you all came and participated in the tradition. You, you see what I'm saying? I don't know if I set you up or I didn't set you up. I don't know what to tell you. But I'm just showing you something that we all were good with this. This is good. It's a good thing. I'm not telling you. I'm going to do it every year because it's been a blessing. But putting out the envelope, that's a tradition. I could have did it a different way. But now that we have the envelope, we came, we said, I'm going to give this to the Lord for a church that's trying to get established. We're going to let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. Many Christians are quick to obey the traditions of man rather than the word of God. We have to examine ourselves about that. Are we asking, what does the word say? And when we hear or read what the word says, do we go and say, I'm going to do what the word says. Not how I feel, but what the word says. Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Clifford Readout. That's not Clifford Readout. It's the word of God. But Clifford Readout did that one time. That's what Brother White referred to when we last saw him. That um, he made a commitment to come and do a seminar at our church years ago, and that and that day when he was that weekend he was supposed to come, um, probably about uh, three or four feet of snow feet I didn't say inches, probably about three or four feet of snow, and read out drove from Connecticut took his time, and when he showed up, he had to stomp the snow off, you know what I mean? Come inside, we we were shoveling and all that, and we said. Brother, read out. You could have just called and just canceled. He said, let you yay be yay. Scared me to death because I knew that was the word of God. He said, let you yay. He says, I said I would come. So unless I was ill and I couldn't come, why wouldn't I come? Let your yay be yay. Your nay be nay. In Bible times, people would store wine in goat skin sewn around the edges to form a water weight bag called wineskin. New wine expands as it ferments. Therefore, new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. All wineskins would become brittle and wouldn't stretch anymore. Therefore, if someone put new wine into an old wineskin, the old wineskin would just burst and spill because the new wine has so much potential, it starts to expand. And if, it, if it's in something that can't be expand with it or doesn't expand with it, then it will just burst that container. We can't put the new life in Jesus Christ in the old life. Listen to me. We can't fit our new Christian life into the old life that we had prior to this one. We can't let them work. That's why God gave us that that scripture to let us know that the new cannot go and coincide with the old. It can't do it. And so all we're going to experience is frustration trying to allow or use this new life to, to, to fit in with what we used to be. This is why we get frustrated as Christians. But God wants us to give all, let go of the old, so he can take us into something new. He wants to make us brand new. And we won't have to worry about the old life. We've got to be comfortable abandoning, 
abandoning the old life that we used to live because if it was that good, you would have been further than where you are when you gave your life to Christ. I, I don't know why we get tricked and not, not realize that, that if my old life was so good, wouldn't I have been further? Why did I get saved from the first place? Why did I start coming to church from the first place? Why? If my life is great, I don't need to go to church. If I got everything that I need, what do I need to go to church for? Just saying, that's not me. That's just a question. Why do I got to go to church? I got it going on. You know, I told you, many of us have different experiences. And I thank God for my experience. And because I didn't go to church because I was miserable. I went to church because I needed Jesus. That's why I went to church. I went to church because I needed Jesus. I was not broke. I was not on drugs. Yeah, I can probably say I was somewhat of an alcoholic probably. I drank every day. I don't know if there was any, any day that went by that, it was, that I didn't drink. Because drinking to me was like, you know how I have coffee now? That, that's, how I had, that's how I drank. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how I drank. You never saw me without a bottle in my hand or a drink in my hand. I always had something in my hand. It was in the car. hate to say it. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, um, government. And forgive me. I'm glad, glad I didn't hurt anybody. But it was in the car. It was in my hand. It was always in my refrigerator. It was always with me. So maybe I wasn't walking around staggering and talking. Maybe I wasn't doing that, but I was always drinking. But everything was good. I lived at home. I was supposed to pay rent, $160 a month. That was a long time ago. I was supposed to pay rent, $160 a month. I roll up on my mom and dad. I got to give it to you next month. I couldn't even pay $160. And not because I couldn't, it's because I didn't want to, because I wanted my money to go do what I wanted to do. <laughs> $160 a month. And I wasn't even coming up with that. Because I was taking my money, I was gone. Getting my BMW, and I'm going down to Virginia. Getting my BMW, and I'm going here, Sister Jackson. <laughs> she, that, I think I must have stung her just now when I said that 160, and I wouldn't even give it up. She's, she, yeah, somebody gonna lay hands on Sister Jackson and pray her through. Cause I think she remembering that 160. Cause she used to get so fired up when I told her I don't have no 160 this month. 160 dollars. And I got my BMW parked outside, and she can't get 160. I'm sorry, mother. I am so sorry. I did that to you. Ooh. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've just been thinking so much lately about my life, and I, I just keep giving glory to God. You know, here, I can't help it. Let me see. All right, I'll, I'll let you all out in just a second here. So, yesterday, I was on the Internet. i tell you all everything. And I was watching a stream. Let me tell you what I was watching. Um... Fox Sport show you horse racings. 
and I was watching it. But here's what happened. I, there was, there's, this is why I was watching it. I knew that they would live stream simultaneously the races in Jamaica. Let me tell you something. I cried. Y'all, it, y'all would not, I cried because when they showed the racetrack in Jamaica, I grew up on the racetrack, you might as well say. And I'm thinking about, I'm 10 years old. I'm 11 years old. I'm t- y'all thought I was doing this growing up. 10 years old, 11 and 12, and I'm at the racetrack by myself. They showing this racetrack yesterday, and I'm like, Lord, I just started crying. I'm like, what was I doing? How is that possible that I left my house, and I'm hanging out at the racetrack? But it's just, I've been looking over, I've just been looking back over my life, as they like to say. As I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed because I got a testimony. I got a testimony, a loaded testimony. Loaded testimony. I wasn't wallowing in sin. I wasn't wallowing in, in my uh, drunken stupidness. I was wallowing in sin, yes. But, 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 but I thought life was good. But somehow the Lord made me aware that I was missing him. That's why I, started, I, I repented of my sins and gave my life to Christ. Because I knew I needed Jesus. So whoever you are in here, life could be good. But you need Jesus. Relationships might be great, but you still need Jesus. I don't care what state you're in right now. I don't care how good life seems to be right now. You need Jesus. And some of the things that you are doing now, you probably need to let go. (coughs) So you can have Jesus. Jesus said as much in Luke when he said that new wine must be put into new wineskin. Give yourself a quick mental examination. How often do you say things like, that will never work? Our last pastor never did it that way. We've been doing it this way. For a long time now. If those words sound familiar, you may need to ask God to help you stop idolizing tradition and your past. For some people, their, their traditions and their, and, their, and their past experiences is their God. Do you know who I used to be? Do you know what I did before this? Yeah, you were a sinner, just like me. And you needed Jesus, just like me. So what are we talking about? But if we're going to keep our past as, as idols, if we're going to keep our experiences as something, you know, near and dear to us when God wants to give us something new, we will not be able to receive what God has for us. The new wine exemplified the newness of the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ. Like the old wineskin, the Pharisees and the entire religious system of Judaism had become too rigid to accept Jesus, who could not be contained in their traditions or rules. (coughs) That's what happened to the Pharisees. When Jesus came, they were so rigid, regimented in their old ways and old traditions that when Jesus showed up, they wanted to stone him. Matter of fact, they did try to stone him. Because in their mind, don't come to us with that new stuff. We like the old stuff. Again, we like punishment. We like to be strong-armed. We like the laws that force us to do things. I know you're saying, no, I don't. 
we act like we do. We act like we do. Their understanding of faithfulness to the law, the old way, had become unsuitable for the new and fresh dynamic power of the message of Jesus Christ. Those Pharisees, they, were, they appointed themselves guardians to the old garment, the old testament, the old wineskin. You can't take the living truth of the gospel and put it into the ordinances of the law. You got some religion that's trying to do that. I'm not going to call any names. They're trying to live the old law and New Testament at the same time. I don't know how they're going to do that, but we'll see. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desired new, for he said the old is better. And so the Pharisees would go away saying, we are satisfied with the old wine. And the legalists and the worldlings are the like of today. People are saying, I'm good with living this life that I'm living. I don't need to do all of that that the church is telling me. And we don't realize. I realized when I got into the church that living for Christ is a life of liberty and living any other life is a life of bondage. But for the longest, the world is telling the church that y'all are in bondage and we're not. Well, I'm telling you, I was a great worldian, and I'm telling you, and I told you, like I told you before, a lot of things I did in the world, when I woke up the next day, I said, I can't do that no more. But guess what? I went back and did it again. Who in bondage? Who was in bondage? I never forgot Brother Haskell the first time I got saved. This, this meant something to me now. I'm driving down the road, and they had, um, it was like 2.30 in the morning. And they had what they call them when the cops are out there and what is it? Spot check. But they check it for people that are driving drunk. I remember pulling up to the spot check smiling because I just got saved. Sir, have you been drinking tonight? I don't drink. (laughs) Man, I remember that first spot check. Sir, have you been drinking tonight? I don't drink. What are you talking about? That was so good. Because there was time pass. If I knew spot check, where to turn off? Where to turn off? Because I'm turning off. But somehow, we are making the world convince us that they're free, and we're the one that's in bondage. Well, I know the truth. I hope you know the truth. I know I'm free in Christ, and when I was in that world, I was in bondage. And so these Pharisees would go away saying, we're satisfied with the old way. We're good with the old way. Are we good with the old way? (coughs) Jesus Christ fulfilled the intent of the Old Testament scriptures. You can't fit his new life into your old life. This explains why Jesus did not begin to reform the movement of Judaism. Remember, Lord, the apostle says, you know, when will you restore unto us? Restore. They wanted him to do something with the old way. Jesus said, I haven't come to patch up your old practices. I came with a whole new set of clothes for you. 
Jesus formed a new institution, the church, that brought Jews and Gentiles together into a completely new body. Jesus reminds us that what is old and stagnant often cannot be renewed or reformed. Okay, Brother Tom, let me say it again, so I'm going to say it again. Jesus reminds us that what is old and stagnant often cannot be renewed or reformed. He will often look for new vessels to contain his new work. Just because people are more comfortable with their old way, some assume that it's better. Because we're comfortable with the old way, doesn't mean it's better. It just means we're comfortable. Our modern age is more taken with the shiny and new rather than it is with the old. Yet, we shouldn't accept or reject anything simply because it's old or new. Jesus came to introduce something new. Not to patch up old stuff, but to receive something new. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the scripture says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He went on to say, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus doesn't destroy the old, but he fulfills it just as an acorn is fulfilled when it grows into an oak tree. There is a sense which the acorn is gone, but its purpose is fulfilled in greatness. While the law could only point out sin and condemn people, Jesus Christ came and gave his life to bring forgiveness of sin and salvation. Aren't you glad we are living in the times of grace and not under the law? Because the law just condemned, oh, you messed up, you're in trouble. Some people are Christians and they're still living like that. They think every time they slip up, God's going to get ready to beat them. God not like your parents. Some of our parents traumatize us. Every time you did something wrong, you got a slap, a whooping, throw something at you. And so now you come to church and try to live for God. And you think every time you mess up, that God mad at you. Because that's how you were raised. God is not like your parents. Say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the Lord Jesus wants to give us something fresh and new, but we must turn loose the old to receive the new. To keep doing the same thing and expect different result from what you have been receiving is insanity. Loose those old things in your life that are preventing you from the new things the Lord Jesus has in store for you. Fitting your lifestyle into a Christ-centered life, your old lifestyle into a Christ-centered life will not work. It just won't work. And so no man put it new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst. The bottles will spill and perish. And so I ask you to stand as I close. In Revelations... 21 and 4. The scripture says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, <coughs> neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. 
for the former things are passed away. You see what I'm saying? God reveals to us what's coming in the future. As a matter of fact, I just thought of something. Some of y'all won't notice because y'all don't have Apple. If you ain't got no iPhone, you don't notice. I'm sorry. iPhone have copied God's method. That's why. Watch it. Jesus, he's always giving you an idea of what's to come. That's what Apple do. They show you what's getting ready to come. Before it happened, you knew there was, well, they got the wallet. You can store stuff in the wallet. And so they're making sure that you can store all your, they're going to set it up where you store all your documents on your phone. and They just show you what's getting ready to come. Because Apple and the government is in bed. I don't know a lot of people here and stuff, right? But I, I know I'm telling the truth. I, I mean, Apple and the government, they like this. So they can't say it out loud, but that's how they roll. But Jesus knew that we have to do away with the old in order to step into the new. And so he's telling us this and showing us this all throughout scripture. That we have to let go of the old so he can bless us with the new. We have to let go of the old so we can embrace the new. We have to let go of the old so we can experience the new. And he finishes up this. In Revelations, I guess I shouldn't be talking this long. I was good up until that point. Verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things. It doesn't matter how much old stuff that you have in your life. It doesn't matter how old the hurt is. How old the disappointment is. It's been there and it's been messing with you. Doesn't matter how much it's been driving you crazy and making you feel like you will never move ahead. I'm here to tell you that Jesus makes all things new. And so we need to be encouraged today to know that no matter how bad, no matter how terrible, no matter how much the old experience, the old hurt, the, whole, the old pain, no matter how much it has gotten a hold of you, no matter how much it has just, just took you for a loop, Jesus can make all things new. How about we bow our heads and talk to the Lord just for a moment? Talk to him. You know your situation. You know your circumstance. You know what you have allowed to be a God in your life, to have control in your life, what you allow to keep you distracted so you can't move forward. But God wants you to turn it loose this morning. God say, turn it loose. Let it go. Let me give you something new. Let me put something new in you. Let me deposit something new in you. Let me give you something new. Let go of that old thing. Let go of it. And hold on to something brand new that Jesus wants you to have. 
Come on, somebody, talk to him. Talk to him. Before we leave, just talk to him. Let him help you this morning. Let him show you what he has in store for you.
If God is pressing on your heart, you can see us and take the leap of faith and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And God will make all things new. Amen. Can we all stand all over the place? We're going to dismiss. Can we all stand all over the place? In the name of Jesus, we give God praise and honor, O God, for the man of God. Lord God, we don't take for granted, God, your word. Allow this word, God, to permeate in our hearts. Lord God, remind us, O God. Don't allow us to put old and new together, God. But allow us, Almighty God, to get rid of the old. That you will get deposit the new. That we will step into your favor. That we will step in destiny. That the hands of God will be upon us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, you said that you make all things new. And Lord God, I pray, God, that you will watch over us and that you will keep us, oh God, in your presence until we meet again. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you glory and honor, oh God, this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. You are the sick in Jesus' name. Remember, if you're going to the dinner, I mean, I'm sorry, to the breakfast, you can sign up. And also, Brother Haskell want to meet with all of the parents that is going to the youth event. They're meeting inside the nursery in Jesus' name.